thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison and I am here all alone. I've got Cindy overseas, Karen in workshops, but I'm not actually alone this week, listeners. We have a room full of beautiful souls. We are up here in Mullaney at the Spices Tamarind. We have been focused on a a very big conversation, which I'm sure many of you women listeners will appreciate, and that is around the art of self-care. Now, for many people, self-care can be seen as selfish. For a lot of people, it's not even a topic of conversation. But these beautiful souls that are with us today, I thought it would take a great opportunity to share with you what our definition of self-care is, uh, how these beautiful souls have taken some time out of their day to be up here in Mullaney, actually out of their life. We've had four days up here. And really what we've done is, to put it kindly, we've checked out so that we can check back in. And I think one of the biggest things that women that I truly believe that if the woman of the house is happy and healthy, life runs smoothly for everybody else. And I think all the girls here would agree that when we fall over, the whole house tends to fall over. So just so that you can understand how many people are actually in the room, I'm going to get you guys to just give us a round of applause. So here we are with another beautiful live podcast. And I think one of the most interesting topics or parts or points where we could start this was with you, Sonia, when, you know, you talked about um, what self-care could actually be seen as. And for a lot of people, it could actually be seen as quite a selfish act. Just tell us a little bit about what you write down and how you think or what you think of as self-care. I guess in the past I would have used words like selfish, like you said before, self-indulgent, spoiled brat. Um, it might mean that while you're, if you're caring for yourself, well, then you're not caring for others. Uh, people might say, like, oh, well, who does she think she is? Like the Queen of Sheba. Yeah. So, and that's not what it is now, but maybe that's what I would have thought before. How old were you when you realised that self-care wasn't selfish? 46. Yeah. And what would be your message to your younger self around that? Um, To get that message much earlier. um, And now that I've got children of my own, uh, to be able to pass that message on to them. And as a mum, I perhaps would have coped um, with with bringing up young children differently. I won't say better, but differently. um, And got through some of those... Dark, darker nights and darker days with mm. a few more tools in the toolbox. Would you say um, all of us girls in here, um, we've all had dark moments, we've all felt that we're not good enough, that we're not um, worthy of self-care, that um, I know for, for some of you, you've even shared that this weekend, that, that self-care is something that you've never prioritised. Um, if I can look at someone like like you, Kristen, who doesn't have children, who is quite independent and self-sufficient. Why are you here learning the art of self-care? Well, I think I fell into the trap of most people and just didn't, I was focusing on all the wrong areas and, and didn't really know how to take care of myself well. But once I learned the tools and did the course, I know it's just, it doesn't need to take much every day, a little thing like a spritz or a body boost, but it's so important just to check in with yourself and see how you're travelling and to nourish yourself. And yeah, a lot of a lot of women listening to this would go, it's all right for you when you've got no kids, but it's it's not an excuse, is it? Even when you have children, you've got a, you're an auntie, you've seen your sister, you know what it's like to watch women with children. What would be your advice to women that are having children? Um, that perhaps have let it slip? Take take the time, even if it's only a couple of minutes out of your day. It's, it's in the grand scheme of things, if it's keeping you together and your family together and, and helping keep 
keep your I don't know, your sense of self worth is so 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 crucial. So um yeah, like it's not a big ask to take put yourself give a second of your time to yourself. Yeah. And it's and it's about making the effort, isn't it? Carolyn, I want to ask you a question. Um, when you look at um, from self-care and a perspective of where you're at, um, how would you feel you felt now from when you came into the retreat to where you're at now? You're about to go and have a massage, actually. Um, tart. Um, <laughs> um, but really, what would be your thoughts around self-care? Well, that's my version of self-care is having a massage. Um, look, I am not habitually very good at self-care. It's not something that I have had a lot of in my life. I find it difficult to give it and receive it. I, I find it particularly difficult to receive it and, um, and to honour myself and to give myself that self-care. Um, I'm learning about that uh, these few days and I'm owning it. And I'm standing, squatting here um, today saying, you know, from this point onwards, I am the priority. Um, you know, people in your life, you can, whilst it's hard, you lose a loved one. It's very difficult, but you keep living. You keep going. And the, the, the one essence that keeps constant throughout your life is you. So if you're not looking after you, who is? And you can't look after anybody else if you're not looking after you. In some respects, you're all you have is you. So what are some of if you're not at a spa retreat hmm. and a self-care beautiful retreat with a beautiful bunch of women, what do you do at home to keep that momentum or what will you be doing hmm. when you get home? Correct. What will I be doing? First of all, um, a gratitude journal. I've had uh, several attempts at um, gratitude and I haven't been as diligent uh, as a daily practice, but however, I will be from now on. That's, I, I think if you can be grateful for what you have in your life, even if you have to really dig deep to find those elements that you're grateful for, they will exist you, and you may have to dig deep but when you find them, the more you do that, the more you recognise what's great in your life, the more you will have that in your life and it won't be as hard. Mm. And do you feel excited to be able to go home and... and Shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you can. It's up for a chat. Anything goes. Um, in the sense that who you were before you came into who you are leaving... I mean, this morning you went running down the driveway, like, I mean, literally jumping for joy. What happened overnight? Um, well, it, well, I don't even think it was overnight. It was this morning. I, I woke up and I thought, oh, I'm not going for a walk. I'm just going to lay here. That's what I need. This is self-care. It's to lay here. And then I a spark went off and I had all sorts of ideas and... And I thought, I'm not going to ruminate anymore. If I've got an idea, if I want to do something, I'm just going to follow it. And I felt like bounding out of bed, so I did. And um, I also, I'm not sure if you're aware, but after that, I came back and I went live on Facebook. <laughs> Never done that before. Oh, Talking man. about love. Really? So, yeah. And um, it was scary as all hell. Um, and I... Dropped my bundle after it. It was so, such an emotional thing, and I just sobbed afterwards. But I gave myself a shower, and I felt fantastic. And I'm so pleased that I finally did something that I needed to do. Took the risk, leapt out, just did it, got on with it, and oh well, it's out there now. I love it. And sometimes that's the the first part, isn't it, for any of us to achieve in anything is taking that first jump. Um, what would be your advice to someone sitting there listening to this going, I could never do a live Facebook feed or I could never go on a retreat or I don't know if I'm worthy of that? What would your advice be? Um, the worthiness or I can't do that, you can. It's actually very simple. You just hit the go button or the record and just do it. You don't have to say much. Um, and then you realise, oh, well, it's not that hard. 
And yes, you put the hardest part is is knowing that you put yourself out there, and um, you know what's the the response going to be, how are people going to receive it. That's the scary bit. And and I thought to hell with that because I'm doing this for me, and if people like it, great. If they don't, too bad. But they're seeing me, and if they don't want to see me, then that's okay. Well, they everybody do. has a choice, don't they, to, to they switch do. off? They do. Um, they do. I think what's so beautiful about that is um, we all. You brought up a really good point around um, judgment and how we judge others. It's a natural human trait, uh, but I would dare say we're probably our own harshest judge and critic. And and then what's so funny is that you saying that you put that on Facebook. I can't wait to go and see it. It's like any of this. We all can't wait to hear what the next person says or when you're at an event and someone speaks, you love it. But the person speaking often feels like, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot, haven't said anything good, what will they think of me, I'm not worthy of being listened to. What do you do, uh, back to you, Sonia, what do you do around that negative chatter? How do you bring yourself up? You've had massive transformation over the last year. Um, in particular, and that's been through a lot of investment, a lot of self-work, and, and and what have you done to to step up and into your truth? I think one of the biggest things is a realisation um, that I deserve. Um, the other thing that I've learned, or I think is what self-care has taught me, is to gracefully accept what other people see in me, and I think that's Last night we did our special round the fire, uh, complimenting each other, and um, I personally found it a little difficult to, to accept. But halfway around the circle, I was loving it and couldn't wait to hear what the next person was going to say to me. And I also had the realization that um, my husband, who adores me, he would often get frustrated with me when I put myself down. And I realized now that was like throwing his gift back at him. Mm. So I think a really important thing that I've learned from self-care is to accept what other people see in me. Beautiful. So beautiful. And you made another really good point there that when we slap someone back with the compliment that they give us, in other words, as I said to you, oh my gosh, your hair looks amazing. And you go, oh my hair, I need a a cut or I haven't been to the hairdressers in ages. You've just taken away that gift of giving a compliment. And most of us women love to give compliments. We are each other's best friends. But I think sometimes we can also be our own worst enemies. Amber, I'd love to ask you, um, how have you become your best friend? How have you gone through and passed the demons and actually started to see the absolute truth and beauty that we all see? How have you manifested and managed that? I think it's it's starting with the daily rituals. It's it's making sure you do something every day for yourself. And it doesn't matter how long that takes or, or what it is. It's whether or not it's just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know what, you're freaking awesome today. Or doing the body boost every day. Or just taking five minutes out the back under the clothesline to give yourself a little bit of a pep talk to say, you can do this. You're awesome. Go out and get it. Yeah. So it, it's taking that time. It's making sure you, you, you give yourself that time to do what you need to do for you and fill your cup up. Mm. How? Uh, what are some of the rituals apart from standing under the clothesline? Um, <laughs> are you uh, naked when you do that? Are you? Uh, are you? No, no. 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 <laughs> you don't need to go that far. Um, but um, I do my body boost every morning. So every morning that um, that I have a shower, I will look in the mirror. I will, I will say some affirmations. I will. Um, spread my moisturizer over my body and, and try to send some love to each and every little bit of me um, and, and just take that time to, to breathe and just be myself. Mm. Um, it took me a long, a long time to get to that place, you know, with doing bits and pieces every single day to, to learn to love me more. Mm. Do you love the whole gratitude side of things? Do you do it in writing or do you yeah. do it verbally? Yeah, absolutely. No, I've got a gratitude diary that I write in nearly every day. Sometimes I forget and realise that I haven't written in it for a whole week and then have to backtrack. 
Um, but I have that gratitude diary and I often find myself um, just saying in my head a thank you for things that happen throughout the day. Um, little things like someone smiling to me on the street saying good morning. You know, it's, it's a thank you for that. Um, taking, making the most of the little things throughout the day to, to look at the positive side. Yeah. Um, it definitely helps as well. Amber, you are someone who's well aware of everyone in this room. We all have our, our demons, if you like, or our, our negative Nancy or our Miss Pessimism and things like that. We all have established listeners that every single one of us have negative self-talk at times, and I would dare say that the majority, if not all people, have it at times. What would you, first of all, how does it feel to you listening to other women put themselves down? Um, it, I, I think I see other people and, and by looking at other people, you tend to go, oh, look at what she's got. She's got so much. Look at her. She's got it together. Look at her. She's amazing. She's got amazing legs. She's got amazing hair. And you tend to, to look at people with, um, you know, the things that you see that are awesome, but you don't see that in yourself. Um, so... You look at other people and you, you think to yourself, she knows she's amazing, she's got it all together, but you don't realise um, that everyone's own demons are, are very similar. Everyone tends to, you know, we've just done a, a bit of a workshop where we've, we've gone around the room and, and put our demons down on paper and then realising everyone's demons are, are very similar. Um, it it's, goes a long way to, to realising that, you know, if everyone else can see it in you, it takes the time to, to take the time to see it in yourself. Mm. And what does it feel like to you personally when you listen to someone else put themselves down? Uh, it, it, I feel sad and I, I feel like I need to talk to them and say, you know, don't put yourself down. Everybody's in the same boat. Mm. Everybody needs to just have that own, have belief in yourself. What about the days, though, where we're struggling ourselves? You know, we've had bad news, we, I know we're tired, we might be run down, um, might have had a relationship breakup, there could be loss in the family, you know, all the things that, that hit us all at different times in our lives and, in fact, give us reason to be down and out. What would you say, how do you survive those moments? What, what would be your advice on those moments? For myself? Mm-hmm. I would take time out, I would get myself an essential oil, I would breathe and I would just try to feel some kind of love. Mm. Whether or not it's thinking about my loved ones, whether or not it's thinking about something that I do love. Um, I have been down a lot of times and it, and it is just trying to change your thought process to be one of more... Um, just to think of better things, mm. to get you, raise your vibration up a little bit more. I often find for people, you know, if you said to me, think positive things and, and do, sometimes the thinking can still be overridden, can't it? And mm. sometimes you try and say something nice like, you can do this, you can get over it. And then the universe presents itself when you kick your toe and then the next minute you've spilt something on the bench and just things seem to catapult and, and just get worse and worse and worse. Would your advice in those situations be, um, you know, like get out of your own way, um, maybe go and do something completely different? I mean, in learning what I've learnt over the last couple of years, I found the days that I used to do that, you know, you'd, you'd start off on a bad note, you'd get out of bed and something would have you trip over, all the clothes were on the floor and then it'd go from there. Now, knowing what I know, you kind of, if you got out of bed and tripped over the clothes, right, okay, done that. Let's go on with a little bit more positive attitude. And it's changing those thoughts around. Instead of saying, oh, gosh, you're so bloody stupid, you can't do that. Changing that thought pattern. Yeah. Saying, no, you can do that. And just those little things every day. Changing that thought pattern from the negative all the time into the positive as you go forward changes your whole outlook on life and makes it better as you go forward. It's, it's self-awareness, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. self-awareness of of when you're going into negative Nancy, it's self-awareness of when you're feeling down and out. Yeah. The first step, and, and my personal feelings is, is that the minute we have that self-awareness that I'm being negative or I don't feel great, what can I do 
in order to help myself. And often that's a cue to um, run a bath or get outside in nature, go for a walk, or like you said, spritz. And I mean, we're all essential oil fans, so and I find that that's so powerful because within a few seconds you can change the way you think and feel just by a smell. Beautiful, Hilary, I want to ask you, um, you've been down and out before. You know what it's like to, to beat up on yourself. What's been one of your greatest take-homes, spending time on yourself away on this retreat? Well, for me, I know that um, something to click me straight out would be being in nature. Just, you know, if I'm really, really down and out, if I just go outside, I have a hammock outside, a big tree with all the birds. If I just spend 10 minutes in there, I will snap out of how I'm feeling on that particular day. And you've got children too, so you make it a priority. He actually comes and lies on the hammock with me. Yeah. We, we look at all the birds, we try and name all the birds, but we just, you know, stopping the negative thoughts, absolutely, and getting out to nature for me is just perfect. You said something good there. It's, I think the word distraction is a really good thing. And I know when I've watched my children get down and out or when I've seen them talk negatively or something, my first desire as a mom is to get them to stop it but you can't just stop someone doing it so I love what you just said then the distraction um getting out in nature is a fantastic distraction like I said before running a bath putting on a candle for some people it's just going into the bathroom putting a mask on so that you feel like you can hide behind all the the crap that's going on in your world what would be your biggest self-care ritual you do for yourself when you're not feeling great and then I'd love to know what you do on a daily basis when you are feeling great. What's your, what's your go-to? So I think my minimum on a really bad day would be spritzing. I have all my spritzes at my front door and I would, can pick what I want more of or what I feel like I need and that would be the minimum. But um, every day would be definitely a body boost. I oil pull. I use the loofah, sometimes wet, sometimes dry. Always put a drop of oil on my loofah. Um, I do prefer dry Loofering um, and breathing, being mindful, especially if I'm in one of those heightened moods, just taking 10 seconds just to breathe and just to be mindful. And that just brings me out of a mood as well pretty quickly. The breath is powerful, isn't it? Very. And would you say in all your learnings around natural modalities and different things that you've done that, I mean, are you a really big essential oil fan with that whole sense of breath? Has it made a difference? There is not an area of my life that essential oils aren't used. And definitely, I have oils made in my bag. I snort oils all day, <laughs> especially if I know I need to talk. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there isn't an area of my life that the oils aren't. They're, they're in my handbag. They're in, my, they're in every part of my house. And your love son, them. does yes. he love them? He, um, he spritzes. He has lavender oil on his pillow every night, which I have put there. And I've made up little blends for him, and I call it the tummy rub blend. And so if his tummy's not feeling so good, I'll rub it on. So he's very he's now been around oil for about two years. And, um, yeah, it's very normal for him. You know, the toilet spray is peppermint oil in water. Then he can turn around and spray in the toilet and then use it as a mouth mint if he needs to. And then he can use the same spritzer on the kitchen bench top. So, you know... It's all, they all just move around the house, but he's, yeah, it's normal for him. Okay, now I need to ask you a personal question. Is your husband on board? Yes, he oh. body boosts every day. Stop he it. uses all these beautiful 28 products. Really? Uh, yeah. I did not pay her to say this. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, and spritzing, he, when he was going to work, he would, um, he would, he would as well go to the front door and grab a spritz and take it to work with him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone here got a husband that's not on board? Has anyone? That's kind of like, like not really. Let Sonia tell us what you've done to dear Mark. <laughs> um, I've probably tried to be the example more than pushing. Um, in, interestingly enough, after a little weekend, um, at our graduation last week, and he wanted to come to the dinner, and I think it is really he's seeing the effects it's having on me, and he. I think he really wanted a piece of whatever was going on. Apart from the fact that Kim makes our men feel absolutely wonderful, <laughs> um, on, on the way home we had a bit of a chat and as it turns out he thought he might like a journal. So even though it's not around um, a body product or something like actually I found out he'd been using the... Um, the natural deodorant. And I didn't know where it was going, so he's so he has been using it. But for me, um, 
him saying that he wants to journal to help him through some little issues he's having at, at work um, just showed just showed me that um, he's taking on board some of the things some of the rituals that I'm doing yeah so, so that, again back to that being the example yeah um, what, what is it like when your families get involved how do you guys feel when you see them like Rita I want to ask you you're, you're a grandmother and you have um, amazing grandchildren some of the things that you do with the oils are just beautiful can you share with us what you do with your beautiful grandchildren I have a 12 year old old granddaughter and she has her own special tummy rug and if she runs out of it she FaceTimes me and she always starts like hi nanny how are you and she's all lovely and then she says nanny I need it <laughs> so I have to make her one and for the boys they've got short shortish hair but unfortunately at school they get nets and so I've made a spray for them and I call it the HL spray so their mothers know that it stands for head lice but the boys think it's called hello lovely let me spray your hair <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it and your beautiful husband a grandfather also obviously he um you guys are back in New Zealand since you've been using uh, the oils more importantly since you've become a lot more aware of self-care do you think it's an age thing? Can anybody get into self-care? Like, what's your thoughts oh, about that? Oh, absolutely. My husband uses the whole entire range of skincare, including the facelift serum. And his words to me were, you better not let me run out of this stuff. And you're going over to Kim and you better get me more. <laughs> so, But he didn't realise I'd already put in an order before I left New Zealand. So it arrived before I left and I bought some more for him when I got here so that I'll be taking home more stuff to him. Even my 12-year-old granddaughter, she uses the entire range. My high-flying daughter who's got, you know, this high-flying job and was using really, really expensive ranges now is an absolute devotee of 28. And my other daughter who's really doesn't kind of believe in anything. She uses it all the time and said, oh, I think I might need you to get me some of that deodorant paste because I pinched some that you gave Chloe. And it works so well. So I've actually got my whole family hot. And, you know, when I know for many of us, we, we go to courses or workshops and we can go and do things um, that we feel really inspired and lit up by. And then you get home and for a lot of us, we, we become the evangelists. We just want everybody to do what we've done. Um, Liz, I want to ask you, how have you uh, convinced or shown your family uh, how to look after themselves? You're a, you're a mum of two children. You've, you're a runner. You're, you've got amazingly busy life. How do you teach young people how to take care of themselves in this busy world? I think it's um, being the example is the biggest thing. Um, my kids see what I do and my daughter's nine and she has a spritzer beside her bed. She has her little roll-on that she's got in her school bag. Um, so she sees me using them, so obviously she wants to, to do the same thing. Also, um, I have older nieces and I have sisters and I have a, a wonderful family of um, women surrounded by me and I think the biggest thing that we've all done together is go to self-care workshops together, um, some, of you, some of the ones you've been able to put together and they've just been an amazing experience of connection for us and also um, it's shown them too that they are. It, it is worth it. It is worth spending the time to do that self care, um, and being an example to their own children as well. It really is um, an opportunity to teach the people that we love without being the evangelist and ramming it down their throats. You can do beautiful things. I think that's why I'm so power. You know, so driven with essential oils because it is our way of bringing nature into our world. It is a way of 
it's something so simple. Um, it's not offensive. It's incredibly easy. And it certainly is not time wasting. You know, like you said before, you can spritz or you can easily put a, a tummy rub on your, on your son or, you know, there's some beautiful rituals. What are some things that you found, what, some oils, what are some must-haves in your home for you as a mum? Uh, definitely lavender and peppermint. Um, also, when you're looking at your blends, instant calm for night time. Um, and also around children, those safe blends like the lavender and instant calm and immune boost. So if anyone has a, a cold, um, that's the first one that goes that goes in the diffuser or um, in our spritzers. We put them in our toilets as well, so you can spritz yourself as well. And for me personally, I always love to wake up with energy and vitality. And what do you do with it? I put a drop of it on my bra and head out to the gym. Nice, <laughs> nice. Good anchor too, yeah, isn't it? definitely, definitely. Morgan, you're a, a single woman, a, a young woman, who um, I think for, for some of us would love to think that we got these messages when we were young. Um, what would you, you know, you're busy too, your life is full, and how would you um, describe self-care and what have you learned to do better now that you know better? Mm, self-care was not always a priority for me um, and... I get quite anxious sort of in the busy world of today. Um, so I generally find that time out is what I need to get through a day when I'm really under the pump. So for me, that generally involves running myself a bath with a few drops of oil, put on a meditation to listen to while I'm in the bath. So I sort of feel like I'm getting two things done at once, always multitasking as a woman, get it all in. Nice. And the meditations, are they voice meditations that you like? Do you download them? Where do you get them from? Um, sometimes they're just from um, discussions that I've had with other women, so downloading um, different podcasts um, and also different readings. Sometimes it's just reading while I'm in the bath. Sometimes it's just from memory what, what I need to get through to help me calm my nerves for the day. Yeah. What's been your biggest take-home being at this retreat, the self-care retreat? Um, just to love myself a little bit more and um, being a primary school teacher, just knowing that um, I lead, knowing that I need to lead by example and I need to give children of today new strategies, different strategies to help them work through their emotions and check in with themselves how they're feeling in a day. It's not part of the curriculum, is it, to, to understand how to deal with our emotions, relationships with people. It's not part of our everyday learnings, how to negotiate with someone that's annoying you or perhaps how to put your voice and your message across without hurting somebody. What would you love to bring into the classrooms? What do you think is needed? Um, I definitely think um, self-talk is a really big issue. Um something that, you know, absolutely breaks your heart, like just like mother seeing a child talk negatively about themselves um, and you can see how that then flows out into many other aspects of how they go about their day. Um, so, you know, you ask any teacher, spends majority of their recess and lunchtime having these conversations with kids around how to, how to work through problems and, um, how to speak to people appropriately even when you're frustrated and or how they could better communicate to make sure that their point was um, still um, put across correctly. Um, so, you know, that's something that I am really looking forward to is getting the essential oils into the classroom, um, you know, to help support kids in in their emotions and how they're working through them because, all too often you see a child who started off the morning the wrong way, you know, having an argument with their brother before they've walked in the door and you just see the ripple effect throughout the day, you know, they've made this child cry and they've annoyed this child and, you know, having that conversation, you know, let's go back, how did this all start? What could we have done to change that? And I think the oils provide um, 
a beautiful anchor for a child to acknowledge the fact that they've started the day the wrong way, but they can come in and make a change how they're feeling and approach the day in a lot better way. Are we allowed essential oils in schools? Um, there's, it's a bit of a topic that needs to be discussed in individual schools and possibly even with individual parents. Um, at this point in time, I have a diffuser in my office, um, which has provided a lot of intrigue for the kids in the classroom. You know, there's been a lot of talk about being bubblegum in, in my office and all this sort of thing, but they're all intrigued to know what's, what smells coming out today and, um, and it's been very interesting just watching um, how that seems to soothe the children throughout the day and getting work done. So it's um, definitely a topic that I want to discuss more with our community. I think, uh, I think we really underestimate the value of teachers in our society and how much pressure is on them to, you know, for, and parents are so busy. And my understanding, my appreciation around schooling and everything is it's, it's, it's all of us. It takes a community to raise a child and teachers shouldn't be landed with all the responsibility and parents can't be landed with all the learnings and all the other things, social interactions and things. What would be your biggest hope from a self-care perspective for young people? Um, my biggest hope, um, as I said earlier, probably just improving the way children speak to themselves from a younger age. Obviously, that's something that we've worked a lot on this weekend. And, you know, you can see it in kids in the classroom every day, you know, get one part of the instructions wrong and they all of a sudden they just go down, the, oh, I'm an idiot, how could I have done that? And, and don't always have the resilience to bounce back um, from something like that. And it can be so minor and set up the rest of the day to go horribly wrong. So it's just working with that self-talk and that resilience to build them up to move on quicker um, to get them through those those periods that they find difficult. The reality is, though, if you're not looking after yourself and you are not resilient and you're not strong in mind and you're not positive, then you can hardly example that or, or show them the way. So how do you look after yourself? Um, for me, every morning it's a body boost and spritz before I leave the house just to check in with myself, how I'm feeling before I start the day, um, knowing that working with young children, you need a lot of energy. There's, you know, 56 different emotions um, and personalities in a classroom. So to get through the day and make sure that everybody's catered for and catered to and that everybody's okay, um, yeah, you just need to take that time before start the day and then generally by the end of the day it's a meditation just to reflect on the day and just sort of tune tune back in sort of so you know where to go the next day, who you need to work with and how the next day start better for some of those children that were finding it difficult the day before. Yes, you've got to, you really have to walk the talk in order for them to believe you. Um, I take my hat off to you. I take my hat off to all teachers. I think they need a lot more credit for their accomplishments, but also their ability to manage so many different types and personalities. Lisa, I want to ask you a question. You are an athlete. You are a finely tuned, hot athlete who every one of us has said nonstop how gorgeous you are and you're very inspiring with what you do for your body you have taken it too far though haven't you you there is such a thing as burnout even as an athlete how did you come to that realization um when i just was hating being an athlete i think you know the enjoyment was gone i could barely move and from pain all over my, over my body so i just realized you know it's great to get those endorphins and feel really great, but then the expectations also kept getting higher of myself and other people's expectations of me, which was just draining me because I had to uphold it and I had to keep this, I had to keep it all together because everybody expected so much. Um, so when you know the aches and pains kicked in and I just 
it was difficult to keep up the expectations. I started really looking thin mm-hmm. as to what it really was all about. And it's not always pretty and easy, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> and it takes a bit of work sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. What would be your advice to someone in the same place or for someone who doesn't want to look within because it might be too painful or too hard? How would you suggest, do you think it's important? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely important. I've spent um, too much time not thinking about it and it's all been about how um, outwardly, how I wanted, you know, to feel and that kind of thing to now look within and actually learn a little bit more about myself and how... I enjoy exercise again now. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the be-all and end-all and I'm enjoying other things in my life because obviously um, exercise and being an athlete takes a lot of time so I took a lot of time away from my family and I regret a little bit of that actually and I'm trying to make up for some bit of lost time with them. I've enjoyed what I've done and I'm um, proud of some of the things that I've done and, and in with my running and everything, but um, I'm enjoying my family. I think some of the nice things that I've noticed with you and your husband is activity is something that you enjoy sharing together. Um, Did he notice you were on burnout? Like were there signs, were people telling you to slow down or to to do things? Were they getting frustrated with you? Yeah, I'll tell you he doesn't get frustrated. (laughs) He doesn't get frustrated, but um, he... um, Yeah, they were concerned because the roller coaster was going up and down, up and down quite frequently. Um, so they were concerned. They were just supportive. My kids probably didn't quite understand because they're sort of teenagers and were still a little bit into themselves. But now they understand more now that I'm learning more about myself and they understand me and, my, and who I am. So that's been awesome. But, um, you know, he's been very supportive and, um, yeah, just helped me and just been there. Mm. Is he fully supportive of you doing things like oils and running baths and and doing meditations like this whole newfound Lisa? Is he excited about it? Oh, that? he's so excited. He rings me every five minutes this whole time I've been here. So what do you like today? What are you today? What are you doing? And then when we're at home, I'll see him and he'll open my oil box and it's like, is anyone seeing what I'm doing? I'm opening the oil box, Lisa. See, I'm getting an oil. And it's like, is this a good one? So it's quite cute actually because he does he does nothing for himself. So I think he's getting um, what he needs from me doing this as well and I have never given him that because I've been so outwardly with everything so now I'm a bit more inner he's enjoying it because I'm probably being a little bit nicer yeah <laughs> and, and probably having conversations you may never have had before yeah you're delving deeper on things which is so important in relationships that we not only take care of ourselves but we also take care of the relationship how have you well why did you do the health and lifestyle education program what made you want to do it well I think it became a time where I was I was looking out relief from the exercise and there was more to um because I've done personal training and things like that so I was looking outwardly there's got to be more to it for um women it's not just about the health and fitness side of it, it it's so much more than that that's just like the tiny little aspect of it so now I'm getting older and I want to teach my kids different things um i thought you know i had to look somewhere else to find what's missing mm-hmm. um, and what people need but how did you know this was the right one for you how did you know like there's so many programs and and i'm not just saying i'm not asking you all to give the hle applied i don't mean that how do you know what is the right program or the right direction or the right discipline is it do you ask the universe for a sign do you put it out there are you engaged in looking for something like how do you find the right program or the right direction um i just knew that it was right i i, I met you and I, I smelt your beautiful oils and i thought i'm hooked and i you know and i everyone had a story and and it was real it was honest and it was a true honest course there was no fluff I didn't feel like that, you know, I just wanted to get out of it what I got out of it and truth and honesty. Mm. And that's what I felt like it was all about. Yeah. And when are you sitting here now as a graduate and now up at our beautiful Elevation Retreat, what's your biggest take home from this this week? Consistency for me and being totally honest with myself. Stop lying to myself and just always be consistent and stay above the line and own it. Mm. 
Beautiful. Have any of you got anything to, to say around some of your favourite rituals for self-care? What do you do, apart from spritzing and, and using the oils, are there other things, you know, around nutrition, around um, disciplines, around um, making sure there's non-negotiables? Are there any non-negotiables in any of your lives? Um, I'm glad you asked because I've, me being me, I have a few little notes that I wrote <laughs> down last night and I wrote down, you know, what does self-care look like to me? And the, the top of my list was to buy an organic chicken. And it might sound silly, but you can go to the supermarket and you've got your $25 beautiful organic chicken there or you could spend $15 to buy a less than organic chicken. And... To me, to be able to step up to think that I and my family deserve the organic chicken is a form, a form of self-care. And, yeah, and plus the um, the organic chicken, it may be $25, but I have learned through you know, being associated with all these people, you learn a lot of other skills. And so that chicken can last three meals and they can go into a beautiful broth. So... Um, um, not only my thinking that I deserve it, but my family deserves it, and we all benefit from that. So I wrote a few little yes and no. So I'm saying yes to organic chicken, but then you know I might being self care might be saying no to that friend that wants you to do that extra task or they want you to do a favour, and you know you don't really want to do it, and you'd have to put yourself out, or someone else might have to miss out to do that favour. Um, and so to me, I've seen that as self-care also too. Mm-hmm. So I'm just putting myself just that little step above and beyond. Perfect. Yeah. yeah we know that self-care is a divine responsibility. It is, no one's going to do self-care for you. No one's going to say, oh, you need to go to a four-day retreat and I'll spend thousands of dollars on you to go and have massages. You deserve this. How do we get around the word guilt? It, it happens so much around um, mothers in particular. How would you recommend that we, uh, or should we, stop and drop the guilt? What do you think, Amber? Um, I think it's, it's a level of being true to yourself. Um, you know, I struggled quite a bit on the start of my self-care journey. In, in I went away and had a week with beautiful women, learning lots of things about how to look after myself. And then going back and integrating that into my daily life, I felt, um, you know, guilty for taking that time out, guilty for, for changing things, guilty for mixing things up and 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 trying to, to bring a healthier lifestyle into my family. But then I realised that, you know, I wasn't being true to myself in doing that and that was making me feel worse. So in in being true to myself and what I felt was right for me um, and being the example, like we said, um, that that has then created that ripple effect through my family and in in them wanting to to look after themselves more and and using oils to help, you know, whatever ailments they may have, you know, and looking at the back of packets when we eat something and seeing if there's lots of numbers. If there's lots of numbers, don't eat it, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's bringing that awareness in and it's making sure that we, you really think about when you do feel guilty about something, why you're feeling that guilt. You know, try and go within and say, why am I feeling so guilty about this? Is there a reason why um, it's bringing up all these emotions and, and trying to work through that as well because that helps in the journey. Mm. What, I mean, that is a preconceived belief though, isn't it? To, to be guilty. Yeah. Um, it is, what, what would you say to the woman, I'm not suggesting any of you in the room have this, but what would you say to the woman who has a husband that's not on board, kids that don't really care or seem to not care, what would you say to the woman that feels like she's up against it and has no chance to take care of herself? I, I felt that there's been lots of moments in my life that I did feel like that. You know, there was you grew up. You grow up in a life that's so full of labels of what you should be doing. You know, you should be. Um, you should go to school, and you should finish school, and then you should go to university, and then you should meet a man, and then you should get married, and then you should have kids, and then you should, 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 and God forbid if you shouldn't, because then everyone knows you. 
So you, know, you get to a stage where it's like, you know, enough. So going back to the being true to you part, it's it's about what feels right in your gut and for yourself to do what you want that makes you happy because ultimately if you're not happy, then change it. Mm-hmm. Only you can change it. There's only one person that can change the way you feel and that is you and that is regardless of what anyone says, does, thinks or feels. That's so true. Such a good point. What do you girls do to protect yourself from um, negative talk, negative um, people and negative situations? What do you do? Well, um, I go straight to the top shelf, I've learned, because when I first discovered you in 28, I had um, a bottle of moisturiser I'd bought in India for like $1.30. Oh, I thought you were talking about top shelf alcohol. No, 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 no. no. Sometimes. Um, No, but I go straight for the top shelf with rose oil because that's my way to remind myself that I am worthy and I and to really pick myself up. Both it is such a powerful oil and just a little reminder of how far I've come from the girl that had the dollar thirty bottle of moisturizer from India because like, you know, why would I want to go anything more than that to the cream of the crop? And we know, um, just for the listeners, you know, the reason why rose oil is seen as such a high oil, it's very highly priced um, because of the yield. It's a great oil to help with all emotions, be it grief, anger, anxiety, resentment, fear. It's a beautiful oil in skincare. It's a great oil for self-love and romance. It's a beautiful oil for um, puberty, pregnancy and menopause. And it's an exceptional oil for for really connecting within. So, you know, for, if you're wondering why Kristen was saying the top shelf with rose oil, it's it really is a phenomenal oil and and well worth the investment, even if it takes you know some time to save up for it. It does, and um, it raises your. I I, I like the how it raises your vibrational frequency, and I'm a shift worker, so I I put a drop on my heart every day before going into night shift just to keep me like to give myself a boost so that's my version of a red bull so (laughs) much healthier red bull (laughs) (laughs) um speaking on that note um what would your recommendation are any of you not have not been great sleepers anybody not been a great sleeper rita what have you done for yourself to help yourself sleep better, what are some good sleeping rituals that you've helped to improve your sleep? I use lavender oil on a very regular basis. I also put it in the diffuser and I meditate because twice a day now, plus I do visualizations. If I finish my meditation and I still can't sleep, I do John's visualization and Oh, 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 I see what you just, oh, the fa- she just went all woozy on us. She's talking John Gabriel. She loves his voice. Oh, no. <laughs> He's just got the soothing voice and it just seems That's not what you said to me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the word you use, I'm just saying. That seems to be the right voice for me to just stop the mind chatter, smell the lavender, relax. Breathing, so good breathing. breathing. I do, because he very much... Focuses on your breathing, and so I listen to him, and I breathe the way he says, and then I go to sleep, and it's so much nicer. Perfect. I'm going to go around the room. What's your favourite go-to self-care book? What's your favourite book that you've ever read or reading? What's a book that's changed your life? Like Chocolate for Women. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about that a little bit. We're just panning up 50 <laughs> I love you, Hilary. I love you. It was a really fun book to write. Absolutely changed my life. Really? Well, yes, because I think beforehand I would have been, I, 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 I describe it as I was asleep. And it literally woke me up into the thinking of um, I need to be my own best friend. If I can't love myself, how on earth do I expect anybody else to? So always treating myself as my own best friend. Um, and that book was all part of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. What? I seriously did not mean <laughs> you to say that. That is so beautiful. Thank you. 
What about yours, Rita? Have you got a book that you love? I love so many books that I love. Some that come up the top of your head. Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Oh gosh, wow, that's an oldie but a goodie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love stuff written by um, Og Mandino. Um, you know, the, and I know there's another author, Paul, um, somebody, Paul, somebody, and he writes the most insightful books. And I used to read them in Indonesia when I found life difficult. And it's all about, you know, getting in touch with yourself and just life. Nice. And just live life and, and expect life to throw you challenges and rise to them. Love it. Love it. You can't remember his last name or the name of the no, book? No, so. Because if we look up Paul out there on the internet, <laughs> we could be there a while. <laughs> I'll find it for you, but I just love them. They were so inspiring to me. Love it. Love it. Um, for me, it was Happy Mama, Amy, I can't think of her surname, but it's just a small little book, easy to read, and I've passed it on to a few friends, and it's a great, just a great little self-care book to help you feel like you are worth it. Nice, nice. And Florence Littow, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Oh, it's an old book, but I used to read it and read it and read it yeah. when I was younger. It's a great book, yeah. great book. What about you guys? I'm a bit like Rita, I'm a bit of a, a book fiend, but when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was The Four Agreements. Um, I love how it, just just The Four Agreements and remembering those will bring me above the line and I love how I can use that to teach my children as well. It, it's short, it's sharp, they don't want to listen to me waffle on for too long, so it's just a, a nice four-step plan, I guess, mm. to help them to come above the line as well. Yeah, it's, a so, great, it's a great yeah. book, that one. What about you, Kristen? I have many as well, but recently I revisited an old favourite, which is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, and it was a really nice reminder for myself to stay true to myself and, and listen to my heart, and even if life seems to be taking you down a path and you're not certain, but if, I do believe if you listen to your instincts and your heart and your intuition, you'll, you will stay on path. Nice. Nice. What's that? That's the guy. Oh, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Amber. Um, I'm a bit of a collector of books, but I haven't quite got to reading them yet. So I, I'm more of a podcast kind of girl. Yeah. So um, I've got a lot of my... What's my, your favourite podcast? What are a couple of those that you love? <laughs> Apart from Up for a Child, of course. <laughs> um, I, I'm a bit of a random podcasty kind of girl too. Mm -hmm. I, I don't stick with the same people. I would, I would just troll through whatever podcasts there are, find one that takes my fancy and off I go. So I do listen to Karen Smith regularly. Yeah. Um, up for a Chat. But anything that comes up on... on um, You're what we call a podcast heart. <laughs> yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. without a doubt. Yes, yes. We love you, we yeah. love you. The great thing about podcasts is you can actually go onto them, Google health, or even you can go quite specific, gut health, and you'll get a multitude of, of podcasts. It's awesome. I mean, we started the podcast four years ago, our podcast, and I can't believe how many podcasts there are out there now. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Morgan, have you got a beautiful book? Um, my favourite would probably be Louise Hayes, You've Been Here All Your Life. Yeah. Another oldie but a goodie. Yeah. 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 yeah, refer to it so often I yeah, couldn't even count. Yeah, and it's never ages, does it? No. It's a goodie. No. Beautiful. Lisa, have you got one yet? No, because I've got many and I start a lot. Well, you know what, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like The Survivor. Karen's book, obviously, yes. Soul Survivor, yeah. Karen Smith's book. It's a really good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'm reading Manifesting Matisse, Matisse and that's, um, I've only just started it, so that's probably... Dr. Michelle Nielsen, Manifesting Matisse is a fantastic 10-step program um, to help you create and manifest the life of your dreams. Mm -hmm. um, look, ladies, we have come to the end of our podcast. Yeah. So I just want to say that even though I have missed our beautiful Karen and Cindy dreadfully, the thing that I've loved most is that I've got to talk quite a lot. <laughs> so um, Cindy, Karen, we love you. We've missed you. But these beautiful souls have made up for it tenfold. 
And I sincerely hope, listeners, that you've enjoyed listening to this beautiful group just as much as I've enjoyed sharing this last hour with you. Don't forget, if you're interested in giving us any feedback on this podcast or you yourself would like to offer any thoughts or have any questions, please go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. For those of you that are interested in looking at coming to New Zealand in October this year in 2017 or coming to Africa in 2018, then there's still a couple of spaces left on awakenthechangewithin.com. If you go to that page, you'll get both the itineraries, the costs and the amounts and our beautiful Karen will send to you all the information packs that you need. If you are interested in the health and lifestyle self-care education program that I run and you too would love to feel like these two darlings, then I'm doing a shameless plug. Um, you can go to 28.com and you can email HLE at 28.com. So, you know, it is a beautiful program over six months. It is something I feel incredibly proud of. And to watch women find their truth, their core purpose, and understand that self-care is not only their divine responsibility, but it is not selfish. It is absolutely essential. Then, yes, we focus in on essential oils, but predominantly it's around all areas of a woman's life. And I'd be really honored to share the path with you. On that note, though, please take care of yourselves. Become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we'll see you next week. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.